Welcome back, it's time for customers who click. If you're planning to sell online or think about moving platform, it's probably best to consider one that'll provide you access to the essentials. Email capabilities, reviews, upsells and cross-sells, customer support, these are all the basics that any brand should have access to. My guest this week is Greg Reiter, founder of LaunchCart, a new e-commerce platform challenging the likes of Shopify and Magento. Today we'll be talking about those must-have apps, the benefits of upsells, cross-sells and even downsells, and their own unique service called Source and Sell. Let's get Greg on now. Hi Greg, thanks for joining me today. Would you mind just introducing yourself? But My name is Greg Ryder. I'm the CEO and founder of LaunchCart, and that's the new e-commerce platform out there that's the alternative to Shopify. And my vision is goal to have a better, higher converting, you know, easier to use e-commerce platform with some super cool features that you just don't get out of the box with Shopify. What's led to this? What's so what took you down the route for, for deciding to to build? No, this? so I I got into I started a business in 2015 called Celebrity Lifestyle Brands, and with the idea that we could partner with celebrities and help them monetize their fan base through e-commerce and help them build a real brand and and all that kind of stuff. And we came out of the gate in 2015, started working with everybody from Bethany Frankel to Carlos Santana, Sofia Vergara, and just doing all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm using Shopify, and I'm like. This idea that I go, I got to get an app for this and an app for that and an app for this and an app for that and an app for this. I think I went live with my first celebrity site with 13 different apps, you know, and, and I'm a digital marketer. So I started digital marketing in 1997 and I tell people, look, I think I'm one of the top 1% in the world. So that idea that these apps don't play nice together, they, they, they slow your site down, they hurt conversions and, and then you got to pay extra money for them all. I'm like, oh man. So that's what kind of led me to want to start LaunchCart was like, we need to have our own platform so we can control the experience for our celebrity clients. And then we should build in the features and functionality that's, that we need, like custom reviews. Like who has an e-commerce site these days without custom reviews? You can't have one without custom reviews, but yet you got to go get an app and you have to, yeah. and then again, how confusing is that? You got to go search for the app, look for the app, download the app, configure the app. So we built in what I call the must-haves. And then we built in from a digital marketing perspective, the should haves. And that's kind of what LaunchCart's all about is trying to build a better platform for entrepreneurs and, you know, solving problems for entrepreneurs in the e-commerce business. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I think, I mean, I think with things like reviews, there's a lot more to it than just on the e-commerce site. You know, reviews have benefits outside the platform, but obviously if you can, if you can introduce those features as well, that's great. But there, you're right. There are a lot of apps out there that are good. They're useful. They, you know, they're upsells, upselling apps or, you know, bundling apps or whatever, but that is the one thing they do. Right. That's it. And you've got to pay a monthly fee to get that functionality, or it's normally a monthly yeah, commission. Yeah, your sales, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could have one app for that, one app for your out-of-stock notifications, one app for, you know, whatever else. And yeah, they, they just do this one thing and that's it. They don't offer any additional value. It's not, you know, there's no agency, it's not a managed service that they provide and they help you with strategy or anything. It's literally just do this one thing. They say, well, not, not guarantee it, but normally they say, that, you know, this app increases your conversion rate by 30%, which, you know, it might have happened once for, for one customer. But yeah, so just before we go into that, you know, because I, I do want to talk about the, the must-haves that you that you mentioned, just want to take a step back first. You know, how do you get customers clicking? What do you think is the key well, obviously with e-commerce and anything really, you know, building a brand, it's, you know, they, we always tell people they might not forget what you say. They might not forget, they might forget what you do, but they won't forget how you make them feel. So it's kind of like pulling that emotional pull 
and trying to and trying to do things. So I'll give you just a quick example for me. So I'm like, I want to start a brand one as a as a as an additional income stream, but also as a case study. So I th- I started thinking, thinking, what would I want to do? What would I want to do? Well, I love dogs, and I've always had rescue dogs, right? And I love coffee. I'm drinking coffee. I, I love coffee, right? So we end up coming with this idea of creating Rescue Joe as a brand, and it's it, it's okay. a coffee brand. So I found a coffee company that will drop ship coffee for me, and I have Rescue Joe. Then my wife came up with this really cool tag name that says "Drink a cup, save a pup," and so we're going to donate a little bit of money from all the sales to dog rescues. So now think about that from an emotional standpoint. I'm pulling on the heartstrings of dog lovers and, and anyone who has a dog knows what I'm talking about. We love our dogs, right? And then if you love rescue dogs and you're, yeah, they have that affinity, it's even compounded, right? And then of course you got the coffee guys, like, like, like the first thing I do when I wake out of bed is I like yeah. straight to the coffee machine every single morning, right? So now I got those two really things going together, going, man, I, I'm going to get some coffee and it's great coffee and I'm going to support dog rescues. I love this. So now I can run ads that kind of tracked you know, people into that world. And one little side note, I'll tell people, you know, you have your Facebook page, your Instagram pages, and there was a client of ours and he was going down this path and he's in the golf industry and he was doing it all wrong. And I'm like, look, if I do a, a, a fan page that says rescue Joe, and I try to attract people to my fan page and my Instagram, yeah, it's one thing, right? But if I do a fan page that says, I love rescue dogs, right? And then another one that says, I love coffee. I'm going to attract people who love coffee on the one side, and I'm going to attract people who love rescue dogs. And so it's not, it's, and I'm going to grow 10 times faster than if I try to grow Rescue Joe. But I can grow Rescue Joe after the fact as the customers and people come in. And so the same thing with this guy in the golf industry. He was just yeah. doing something like, it didn't even have anything to do with golf. And I go, no, go create a fan page. He says, I am a golf fanatic, right? And now you're attracting golf fanatics and you can kind of build a golf brand. So things like that, like every little step of the customer journey has to be thought through methodically, get some coaching, get some mentoring, and then increase the conversions from step one of the customer journey through the entire journey. You just always do an A-B spit testing and try to get more clicks all the way through. Yeah, I think there's just two things I want to touch on there. Firstly, yeah, like you're, you're really targeting a specific niche, even though it, it allows you to open up later. Like I said, just anyone who likes coffee is potentially a, a customer, but by focusing on the rescue dog lovers as well and, and that mission, you, you target like you've got a really strong message to target a particular audience. And what I've seen before, and in fact, I had I did I interviewed someone who worked for an eco a very eco friendly brand. You get a lot of brands who claim to be doing that sort of thing, but really all they're doing is they've got a you know a, a page link in the footer which says you know we donate to dog shelters or whatever, right. and that's it. You know you know if, if you didn't see that page, you wouldn't have a clue they had this mission. So I think you know if you are, if you are going to use that mission as part of your your branding and your strategy, you've you've really got to go for it. You've got to make it quite a, you know, a really key thing to the brand. The other point I wanted to make, oh yeah, so so many brands just go and try and go straight for the conversion, right? Right, or they're focused on you know we want to drive ads to the product page and get that sale, when actually you know like you're saying, you attract their interest, right? Get them into a fan page then use the fan page to move them to the business and then the business page onto maybe a newsletter or something. And not everyone has to follow this this funnel like that. You know, some people will just say, yep, cool, I'm happy to buy. It's great. But I think too many marketers these days just go for the conversion. That's the only thing that's important. 
and things aren't working if they're not doing you that. really need to think of the customer journey, right? And how do you how do you attract the ideal customer, right? And and I and I you know when we when we were thinking about this and talking about this earlier, I'm like I got one little I got here's a tactic that's just one of the greatest tactics out there for people to test a new product, a new design, and, and also attract your buyers. So let's say I have some of my Rescue Joe coffee and I, I make a post and I say, hey, I'm my name's Greg Ryder. I'm very passionate about rescue dogs. I love coffee. I've created a new brand and I'd love for you guys to try out my coffee. So what I decided to do is I'm going to give away, you know, a one pound bag of coffee. Just comment between, just comment below with a, a number between one and a hundred and the closest one who gets to the number first, I'm going to send you a free bag of coffee. No strings attached, right? So now I do a post and everyone who loves rescue dough, they read the post, saw the post, they like coffee they like, and they start, oh, I, they guessed seven, they 33 and all these people just post a number. Those are my ideal customers because they're not going to post if they don't want coffee or want it, you know, or don't affiliate with that. And yeah. it could be with any product, a fitness product, a graphic t-shirt, it could be anything. And now I've just kind of started identifying my products. Then I can go back and private message and go, hey, you didn't win. This is the person that went, but I'm going to give you 20% discount off to go get some and try it out. Right. So there's that. That's another way to get clicks. So there's always, you know, the, the digital marketing world is always about tactics that you can implement that get, drive clicks and start getting awareness for your brand, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an example of, of how to do it, right? You're, you offer your product. And so if people are engaging to try and win your product, it means that. They're obviously interested in it. What was was baffling for about ten years ago, this this became a really big thing. Everyone was running competitions on social social media, and you would win a Mac or an iPad or or something like that. Completely irrelevant, but it's something that literally everyone in the world would probably want to get. Right? So, I mean, they all probably got a lot of leads from it. But you know, at the end of the day, when you say this person's the winner. Everyone else gets twenty percent off. How many of those people are? Actually yeah, no, you've interested? got you've got to use your product. I'm going to redeem it. We we did this. We did this with a celebrity client. We did it with a jeans. She had some jeans, and her brand was called Skinny Girl. And so, and we built a list of seventy thousand people up. And then when we launched, we did this as a strategy before launch. Then we launched. We did two hundred thirty thousand dollars like the first week selling jeans because they raised their hands, going, "I'm interested in Skinny Girl jeans, right?" And so, you, if you do it with a product that's not relevant. It, you're getting, you're sure you're getting leads, but they're not going to buy from you in the future, more, more than likely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into LaunchCart then. Uh, particularly, I, I guess, the, the must-have functions that you talked about. So what do you think of the, yeah, th- those must-have apps that just any store should be? Well, yeah, you, you think about that. And, and for those of you who maybe are new or you know, new to this or you don't know, if you go to Shopify and you sign up for Shopify today, which is the leading e-commerce SaaS platform out there to enable you to sell stuff online. I tell people, it's like getting a $1,400 smartphone and all this phone does is make and receive a phone call. It's like, they, it, it comes with nothing. Like you, if you want to collect customer reviews, which you really can't have a long-term success in e-commerce if you're not collecting customer reviews and showing that social proof. Amazon's ruined it for everybody because you know, we all look at the customer reviews. And, and, and then you have to go to the app store and you have to type in custom reviews. And then there's a whole bunch of choices. And then, you know, you're a newbie and you're going, is it this one? Is it that one? Is it this one? Is it that one? And this one costs more money. And, and, and of course, they got reviews on the reviews, right? Then you have to click it and you have to download. You have to install yeah. it and configure it. So we said, you know, that's ridiculous. Let's thank these must-haves. And custom reviews is one of them. And build them in natively in the launch cart so they load faster. You don't have to pay extra money for them. They're part of the, the platform. And again, going back to 
conversions, every time you install an app, it slows your store down, right? Because as you're talking to a third-party server farm or whatever, and it slows your site down. Every time you slow your site down, you hurt conversions. So we're like, okay, we're going to have a faster, better, higher converting platform by just building in these 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 features that you need. So we have you know, that we also have exit pops. So you name acquisition, hey, wait before you go, or hey, you want 10% off your first order? You know, so you have little exit pops to, to get email acquisitions. We have promotional bars. So it's, hey, Valentine's Day flash sale, you know, St. Patty's Day flash sale, promotional bars. We have coupons, we have discounts and site-wide, coup- site, site-wide sales and coupons. So these are the things that we built in natively that you have to go get an app for on Shopify. Just And, and, and not only does it help you save money, but it's speed to market. And you know, and I know as entrepreneurs and business owners, every week that goes by that I'm wasting time building my store and getting stuff going is, is time I'm losing selling my product. So we think of ourselves as speed to market, higher conversions, easier to use. And then the one complaint could be, well, you don't have all these different features and functionality. It's like, yeah, well, you don't really need them. I've done, you know, $20 million of sales online at e-commerce and I know what you need. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there's actually, I can't remember the name of the email newsletter now, but it's, it does a weekly review of a Shopify site. So he'll just kind of just ha- ha- takes a look at it, talks about it a little bit, talks about their, has a look at their ads that they're running, comments on that. But he comments on their tech stack as well. And the amount of times he's looking at a business which is doing millions and millions of revenue and they've got less than 10 apps. And then you've got, you know, the number of client accounts I've opened up on Shopify and I've been scrolling through a list right. of apps, so, some of which they're not even using anymore, but still, still paying. Uh, yeah, possibly even still paying for them as well. And I, th- I think it happens, I think it tends to happen in, in bigger organizations where more people get the responsibility and the, the, the ability, that power to go and install apps and do what they want to help their needs. So if you've got the email team saying, you know, we've got Clavio, but we also want this app, which is going to help our email. You've got the the merchandising team who says, "Oh, we want to do this as well." You get all these people who, are, who 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 run teams and are saying, "I need this app, I need that app." So that all gets built up. Some people leave, the app stop getting used, but but no one switches them off. And also, you risk cross. And and right. when you install those apps, they inject code into the liquid themes that Shopify's built on. And then when you uninstall those apps, that sometimes that code does not get removed. So it's still having effect on your page load speeds, and and sometimes they don't play nice with other apps, so it it, it really can yeah. become problematic. And obviously, Shopify. When I started Shopify in twenty fifteen, you know, it was much different than it is today. And they're a great platform, a great software, and that's why they're worth fifty billion. But that doesn't mean there's not room for a competitor to come in and go, "Hey, let's build something, give you the features and functionalities that you need to start with." And the other thing we did is kind of lower the barrier of entries. We have a freemium model, so hey, you're new, you want to get started. Build your store and, and, and you can just get set up for free and we'll take 6% of your sales. You start making sales, you can jump to a payment plan. We don't take any percentage anymore and it's good for you as well. So we've onboarded a lot of people that are just newbies and getting started. And I think their thing too is just the lack of knowledge. Like how many people really know that every time I install an app, it slows my store down? I, I, bet, I, could, I bet I could interview 100 Shopify sellers and maybe 20% of them would know, yeah, no, I know it slows my store down every app I install. Most of them don't know that. Yeah, yeah, and and of those people, most of them will say, "Well, I haven't got an alternative." Right. But right? the only choice is to install the app because we 
we think we need to use. That was another one we did is we, um, this back in stock notifier, we used to sell a lot of stuff that, you know, would get out of, get out of stock. And it was just in there in, in Shopify, there was this app called the back in stock notifier. A simple little app where you go to the product and it's out of stock. It just say, get notified when it's back in stock. I can't tell you how many thousands, tens of thousands of emails I collected with the back in stock notifier. And it's such a great app. So we included that built into our platform going, Hey, if you have inventory and you want to collect leads yeah. and let people know when something's back in stock, cause things run out of inventory, especially through our COVID years, right? This is a great little tool. And other people don't even know that that app exists. They don't know to even search for it. Cause it's like, you know, I'm out of stock. Okay. I'm out of stock. So I'm going to lose on those sales. But, and so that's like the other thing going, okay, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, you know, you, yeah, you've got to know about it, right? You've got to have that experience or, or read about it or been told about it to, to know that that could potentially yeah. be an option or just be that sort of person who's, I guess, smart enough to, to think about this problem and go, right, we're out of stock. How do we, we keep running out of stock. What do we do about this? We're right. losing customers. Some people will go, we should be collecting emails <laughs> and then they'll do a search and go, oh, there must be an app for that. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that, that it does feel like very, very must have functionality, like you mentioned, but also there's so little being done with that app. It's, it's very valuable. I'm not saying it's not, but it's, it does this right. one thing right. and that's it. And, and yet you have to pay, pay for it. I think Clavio does that as well, though. If you're using Clavio as a as an email platform, I think it has a its own kind of widget thing that you can install. Well, it didn't when I was using Clavio, but it, it might might now because obviously I, I haven't been on Shopify for about four years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So one another thing we wanted to talk about was upsells and and actually downsells as well. So I guess firstly, do you want to explain those? Well, can because I know not many people would have yeah. Had it, well, let me jump in right before that because this sets the stage for that. So one of the things that we did is we created what we call the checkout page editor. And that to me is a must have, right? Because this is the point where, you know, the, the rubber meets the road. The guy's getting out the credit card and putting their credit card information and hit submit. And that's the point where you have to do everything you can to increase trust, right? Because if they don't trust you, they are not going to give you their credit card. So we created this drag and drop page editor. So on the checkout page you can actually add, like I add on Rescue Joe, I add, you know, call this number if you have any questions. Do I ever get any calls? Never. But does it increase trust? Yes. Right. And then I add trust seals, right? The, the MasterCard and Visa and American Express and SSL, blah, 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 all the trust seals. We add photos. I got a photo of a dog, you know, at a dog rescue looking out of the fence wanting to get rescued, right? So emotional pulls. So we have the only platform that I know of in the world where you can actually drag and drop and change and edit the checkout page to increase your conversions, right? Which then leads to, and then the other thing that's kind of in there is the order bumps. We have the order bump on that page, but that leads to the upsells and the downsells where it's like, hey, and again, here's like a perfect simple example. You come to Rescue Joe and you go, hey, this is cool. They have this coffee. They're supporting dog rescues. I love coffee. I love dog rest, you know, dogs. And then you buy my coffee. And then you put your credit card in and you hit checkout. We process your credit card. We That order's done. And then now that credit card number is suspended in you know cyberspace for a period of time. And then we throw you an upsell. And now the upsell might be, hey, would you like a coffee cup to go with that? A coffee mug to go with that? You know, a coffee grinder to go with that? Would you like a, how about a digital ebook where it's like, hey, we've got this new digital ebook on how to train your dog rescue, potty train your dog rescue, right? Whatever, right? So now you have a digital download and you, you offer them something else. And instead of them having to put their credit card in again to buy it, they click, yes, I want that. 
And then in the background, we process that credit card on a second transaction. Then it could go to another upsell or another downsell through this funnel. And then they can click yes, no, no, yes, whatever. And then boom, boom, each one is a separate transaction as it goes through. And then after it's over, it you know cleans, cleans everything up and it's great. And that's key. That's the difference between making money and going broke if you if you, if you you know increasing your average order value and getting more money out of existing customers. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I've, I've used it before with clients, and it works really well. We've had you know five to ten percent take rates at times, and it's it's not you know in those in some of those examples, it wasn't as as good an offer really as do you need a coffee grinder or or a mug to go with the coffee, where someone might just go yeah for a you know an extra five dollars ten dollars. Cool, add that all. So yeah, I mean, this I, I was quite surprised people took so. Well, we 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 see we see like on average as much as like a ten to twelve percent conversion on one of the upsells or downsells, and then as high as thirty percent. And we we were doing like even even on our order bumps. And an order bump is where you're on the checkout page itself, and you you offer a really low budget. It could be that seven dollar ebook on how to potty train your your client, or on another one we did the split test against Shopify and it was a gift wrapping service. So you're buying a gift for your girlfriend. It was a gifting yeah. site, a jewelry site. And then they they had the they had the app for Shopify that the gift wrap was on the product page. Hey, would you like this product gift wrapped on the product page? We had the gift wrap upsell as an order bump on the checkout page. We outpulled the Shopify app three to one. So they had a 25% conversion rate. We had a 75% conversion rate. And even though it was like a little $12 gift wrapping fee, you map that out through their numbers throughout the whole year, and they're leaving like seven hundred thousand dollars on the table. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's 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 that customer journey yeah. piece as well, really, isn't it? It's you're you're focused on the actual product. You want to add that product to cart. It does feel like it should be a next step to then say, by the way, do you want to gift wrap right. and add that? What what I'm really surprised by actually is the number of times you see that option, and it's this tiny little check mark right. somewhere, and it's almost as if someone said. It, it, it's almost as if someone said we have to offer gift wrapping, but we don't really want to. So they put this little checkbox on the page, and then go, "Cool, that's our job done. That's all good." And and a lot of these products, you know, like, like jewelry, for example, are just perfect for it because yeah, people people. No, buy and it gifts. does two things. One is it increases your average order value. It's going to give you a little bit more profit, but really, what it does that's even more important is it increases what we call your brand equity. And it increases the experience. So when they get it, it's already wrapped. The girlfriend, the whatever, it's already wrapped. The experience of it now puts me higher up the ladder, the totem pole than something that didn't get a gift wrapped, right? So that experience is always about your branding and, and how you make that experience for the end user. And I always tell people there's two experiences. There's the experience when they buy it, and then there's the experience when they get it. So you really want to focus on both as part of the customer journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think people really, really undervalue the experience when you yes. get it piece because that's the bit which is going to drive retention and and further sales. If you know, if you chuck that jewelry in a little plastic bag and into an envelope and sent it off, you know, the jewelry might be fantastic, but their first experience is going to be right. like, "What is this? Like, why has it been sent like this?" Hey, can I share one other cool little kind of journey thing that everyone could? This is a great one. So. Somebody yeah, said to me, how do you get people to leave you customer reviews? I'm like, well, if you if you take the time to make a video, well, hey, Will, this is Greg Ryder. I'm the founder of Rescue Joe, and I want to thank you very much for buying my coffee. I, if there's any problems you have, I want you to know, here's our support number. Here's our support email. Anything we can do to make sure your, 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 your experience is great, it'll be fantastic. 
And at the end of the day, if you could just do me a really big favor and give us a testimony, the link's below, and it would just be really, really good to help build my business. We're a small business. It's me and my wife. We started this business. And so we're doing a little bit of indoctrination, and we're asking them for a review of the product. But I'm also taking the time to send them a video. So that's how we used to do it, right? Now you've got artificial intelligence where I create one video and then the words will just spit out, hey, Will. Because again, if I say your name, Will, because I used to do it where I didn't put anyone's name in there. It was just, it was just generic. But now you can do artificial AI yeah. and go, hey, Will. And it makes it look like I made you a video. And that's going to increase my reviews. It's going to increase the customer experience. And then in some situations when the height, when the ticket value of the order is big enough, like maybe $100, I'll also follow that up with a, a postcard. So we'll send a postcard saying thank you for your business yeah. as well. Yeah, and you can automate that as well. Uh, I think there's, a, there's an app called PostScript, which I've used before, which is really good. You, you know, it, it connects via API, right? So it's or integration. So it, all you're saying is, yeah, like two days after that person's received their order, send out a postcard saying thanks. Exactly. Pretty much. And I think, you know, with, with stuff like that, it's, it's really easy to think, oh, we've got an opportunity to sell here. Like if we're going to send someone a postcard, we should be putting a sales message on it. And actually they work so well when you just thank the person for their business. And that's it. It's the same with like emails I've done, with just plain text emails from customer service. It'll be things like, you know, you should have received your order. Let us know if you've got any problems and if, or, you know, if anything's got wrong. You track the revenue on that. And it's, it's really surprising how much revenue those sort of emails generate, even when you don't put yeah. any actual sales messages or links in there. I've experienced the same thing. It's exactly right. Yeah. What about downsells? So obviously you've said, you know, you want to increase the value of people as much as possible, but a downsell would. Yeah, well, the downsell is really just a lower price product. So the upsell didn't work. So you give them one more chance on a downsell. So if I, you know, if I, if I say you're buying a $50 product and I try to upsell you a $35 product and you say no to that $35 product, then I might say, well, let me try to get you to buy a $15 product. And, you know, you'll get some conversions on the downsell. And the, the real tricky part with all of that is trying to put yourself in the mind of the, and, and, and I see people try to do upsells and downsells with products that are just not relevant. It's just like, no, they have to, if I'm buying coffee, I might want a coffee grinder. Or if I'm buying coffee, I might want a French press. Now these are higher dollar upsells, and downsells, right? Or if I buy a French press, I want some coffee, but they've got to be somewhat relevant to the offer itself. And the other thing that I think is just the golden goose for people that I don't see enough people doing is you need, you need to sell more of the same. So I don't know if you can see this or you know, if you're watching the video, but I have this product here called the Spin Gym. And it's like this little physical exercise thing that you know I can sit here at my desk and I can do a little workout. I can travel with it. I can take it with me. But if I, if I just try to sell one of these, I'm blowing it, right? Because this is one of those products where get one for your secretary, get one for your office, get one for your spouse, get one that travels with you, get one that stays at your office, right? So, hey, you bought one for 40, buy three, and I'll give you the third one for free. Right, so now it's like buy two and get. It's like a bogo, but it's buy two get one for free. So those are the, all the kind of things you have to be relative, and everybody should be trying to sell more of what they already just bought because they've already said, "Yeah, I'm in," and here's my credit card. Sell more of what they just bought. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's the easiest. The easiest time to get more money off someone is when they've literally just given you their credit card, and then you just say to them, "Oh, by the way, what about this?" You know, you see it in, I guess, more higher end stores, retail stores. Where, you know, I don't know, if you're looking at DIY, for example, and they're buying a few pieces, the person might say to you, Oh, have you thought about, you know, have you thought about using this thing as well? That's going to make it really easy. 
Or if you buy this, you can then clean your paintbrushes. And because you've done that, well, we should sell you this as well. And you could, yeah, you know, if you, if you do it right and you you get those touch points right and you're, sell, you're, you're trying to upsell them on relevant products, it's so easy to get someone to say yes because it makes sense to have Yeah, no, product. no. I always coach people that you got to really try to figure out what your hero product is. And when I mean hero product, I mean, that's the product that converts higher. Your cost per clicks are cheaper. You're, you know, it's just easier to get people to come look at your product, right? So what is that hero product that's going to drive the traffic in? And then from there, you can have your upsells and downsells. But, and, and then, Leo, that way you just described part of the customer journey too. I always used to use the example of when I used to go to men's warehouse to get a suit, which now I'm, I wear hoodies all the time. I'm t-shirts, right? So, but, but back when I used to wear suits, you'd walk into men's warehouse. Hey, how you doing? And, you know, they meet you at the door. Well, I'm here to get a suit. And they take you right to the most expensive rack in the place. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want that. Then they kind of take you down. Oh, then you want to get the shirt with the suit. Then you want to get the tie with the suit. Then you want to get the socks with the suit. Then you want to get the belt with the suit. They have their customer journey in store mapped out to the T every single time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've got this thing, at least I, I think it's live. Isn't it source? And sell? Well, the source and sell marketplace is something that we're building. And I'll tell you a quick little story that kind of led okay. to that. I always tell people, you know, entrepreneurs solve problems, right? So when I create, when, when we started launch cards, cause like, man, I wanted to build a better, faster, higher converting platform that was easier for people to get started. And then as we were doing that, we said, Hey, some of my friends were doing drop shipping. And so we had an opportunity to get into drop shipping from China and, and it's like, let's figure out those pain points. And man, I tell you, we did $17 million in eight months. We sold 400,000 people a product in eight months, 400,000 sales in eight months. I blew myself away. And our team did. It, was, it wasn't really me, but it was amazing. That's the good news. The bad news is my China supplier did not supply the last 50,000 units. And so here I am working with celebrity clients, doing e-commerce, doing a million, two million a month of revenues, going great for eight, nine months or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, Mike, I started getting thousands of support requests going, hey, I got an empty envelope. I got an empty envelope. And, and our supplier was sending out empty envelopes. I ended up giving 50,000 wow. funds and I went from doing a million to two million a month to out of business in 45 days. It hurt bad. And so that, that was like, okay, yeah. we're going to create our own drop shipping marketplace. It's called the source and sell marketplace. We're going to rebrand it and create a new category called on-demand product sourcing. And, and, and so we have LaunchCart, the e-commerce SaaS platform, which is the alternative to Shopify. We're creating this marketplace, but then we're also adding in banking as a service. So when you sign up for LaunchCart, you're going to get a bank account. And when you put products in the marketplace, like the Spin Gym again, the Spin Gym can list their product in the marketplace, right? And here's an example. I, they, they come to me and I go, okay, you got inventory? Yep. You got fulfillment? Yep. Who's your avatar? Oh, my avatar is 45 to 70 year old women who have flabby arms who want to, you know, or work out on the go or travel a lot. I could go in my database and go, okay, I got a million sellers on LaunchCart's platform. Out of my million sellers, 10,000 of them sell to your avatar. And then we can say, hey, would you like to add this to your store? So they go to the source sell marketplace, they click a button, the product titles, descriptions, everything's now for sale in their store. But here's what's different than anybody else in the world. When you buy this spin gem from my store and I, and I, and I got it from the marketplace, the banking as a service is going to split the payment at point to point of purchase and they're going to get paid the cost of goods instantly. I never touch their money. So now as a drop shipper, when I was doing drop shipping and we sold 400,000 products, we had hundreds of different vendors and products and this, all these different things going out there. It was a nightmare for accounting. I'm going to take care of all that accounting nightmare at the point of purchase. Now brands can feel comfortable. I'm going to get paid and I'm getting the customer data, which I'm not getting from Amazon or Walmart, these other marketplaces. 
and I'm empowering an entrepreneur to help sell my product. And it could be very, very meaningful. So that's something we're building right now is the banking service, the source sell marketplace, and with God's grace, will be launched probably before third quarter of this year. Okay, awesome. So from a, from a customer point of view, though, if I'm, let's say I'm on Rescue Joe, and you've got something from source and sell, would I know that that's going to be fulfilled by a third party? Or as far as I'm concerned, would now, it just be- You're buying it buying from Rescue Joe. And, and there may, maybe, maybe on the email sequences or the footer, it, it will say that that's being sent from this address or whatever, but no, it, it's just like if I was drop shipping from Alibaba, AliExpress, or Orbelo, or Modalist, any of these drop shipping yeah. platforms. It's somewhat of a white label service, so to speak, that's coming in a package with my name and that, that kind of stuff on it. And the really cool thing about this is, is think about it, you're, 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 you're in Rescue Joe and you buy my coffee. And, and, then, and then the artificial intelligence, the new AI and the new predictive analytics says, hey, this person's looking for a French press, but I don't have a French press. So at this point, I haven't put a French press in my store, but it still goes to the marketplace, pulls a French press and offers it to my customer, even though there's no French presses for sale in my store to help increase my average order value. And think about where you can say, it's like having, think of a marketplace as big as Amazon and they're shopping at your store for your product. And then the predictive analytics says this person's also looking for this. And it just goes to that marketplace, pulls it and helps you not only create your, increase your average order value at before checkout, but then we can do post checkout upsells and downsells. People, you know, and, and all have used AI predictive analytics to make that happen. So I'm going to try to build something that's never been done before. And it's going to revolutionize and lower the barrier of entry for people all over the globe, right? Now you can be sitting in Bangladesh and yeah. South Africa or Escondido, California, and build a store. And think about a 12-year-old, you know, because I love financial literacy for kids. Think about a 12-year-old who loves skateboarding, right? He can go to LaunchCart, create an account, give the banking of the service. You know, maybe you have to have his parents sign off because of the banking of the service. But then click button, have skateboard wheels and skateboard decks and t-shirts and hats and never touch a product and never ship a product but yet make money build his own brand. Yeah. I think it'd be, and I, th I do think it'd be interesting to test out messaging that it is from a, a third party though. I just, just in, in certain circumstances, obviously if you were selling coffee and then you wanted to sell a fresh pr French press, you, you'd probably just say it's part of it, right? But if you were doing something, if you were, you could maybe sell a dog product, an actual, like a, a dog collar, for example, and say, hey, we've partnered we partnered with this company. They also donate to rescue rescue shelters. You know, if you want to, if you need a new collar for your dog, buy this. Well, Nate, an example. I'm in negotiations uh, to get some some luxury brands put into our marketplace: Prada, Dolce Gabbana, things like that. So, in that in that type of situation, what it does is it increases the trust of my store. Going, wow, these guys have Prada on their store. They must be reputable. They must be good, and so it helps conversions and the trust factor. And then two. In that instance, it would very, very much be applicable to say, hey, look, this is in partnership with so-and-so and so-and-so that's going to be providing this, 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 this product and shipping it directly to you. And in some cases, it, would, it might be very beneficial to say, we partnered with this brand, you know, XYZ, and this brand is supporting yeah. who we are as a small entrepreneur or as a, you know, entrepreneur or whatever. And so I think, I think that'll be something we'll definitely be split testing and testing out and trying to figure out the best methodology. We, I just know that drop shipping, you know, the news, I, I read this stat the other day that 27% of all retailers are now using some form of drop shipping because you need product extension. Like, this is another good example. Spin Gym, they got one product. It's hard to build a real significant e-commerce business with one product. But this, this is like a hero product. Yeah. It's got the eye-catching. It's a scroll stopper. They got all kinds of credibility. 
But then what else can I sell? Nutritional supplements and shapewear, you know, sportswear and all that kind of stuff on the back end. And so drop shipping is, is here to stay. I believe that on-demand product sourcing is the wave of the future. It, yeah, and it, for, for a brand like them, it would be a lot of work to go into having uh, producing their own products for supplements, clothing, and all that. So if you could just sell them. And, you know, maybe some brands use it as a, a, as a test function, right? Right. Yeah, are people going to buy supplements from us? Well, let's drop ship them first. If we can prove that we can get, I don't know, 20% of our customers to buy supplements as well, then that's enough for us to say, well, now let's go develop our own. No, and, and, and you think about just the product extension, like with every e-commerce store, and the lowest hanging fruit for us right now is is is, is print-on-demand merch, right? So I'm wearing my, my launch card hat, my launch card hoodie. Like what company out there should have their own branded merch that they could sell that people might want to buy or they might want to add it to an order or you, you give it to them, you know, just above cost just so you have walking billboards out there. Uh, or or maybe it's just a saying about I'm a fitness guru or I'm a gym rat or, you know, I sparkle, you know, whatever that whatever those gym rat sayings are for people who like to work out. Now I can extend my product line with no inventory costs and no fulfillment headaches. That's key for, for everybody. And everybody should have brand of merch. Which business, what business shouldn't have brand of merch? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Just before we finish up, is there anyone in the e-commerce world who you'd want to sit down for lunch with and chat to? Or Marcus? You know who I want to sit down with and I want to talk to you like, and I'm actually going to start trying to implement this. I want to sit with Elon Musk. And I'll tell you why I want to sit with Elon Musk. I don't know if you've heard this story, read the story, but I read this like about three weeks ago that, that when he was with PayPal, he had had some idea about payment processing and stuff that they did not implement execute. And he's and then he was talking on this interview going, I can't believe no one's it's done this. Even to this day, it's still not done. He goes, I think it'll revolutionize this payment processing or something. And I don't really know what it was because he didn't really tell what it was. But I'm like, that's what I'm thinking about with banking as a service. Like banking as a service tied to e-commerce and product sourcing is a game changer. Like literally, it's like the split payment system, the accounting. I can, I can withhold the taxes and make sure all the states get their taxes. Everything recorded on the blockchain. We can eliminate you know, fake product bags and fake, you know, all the, all the fake products that are being sold out there. We can eliminate all that kind of stuff. We can get into licensing. So you maybe you could do NFL products or maybe you could do Cinderella and Tinkerbell and Peter Pan, that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I want to get with e- Elon Musk and go, okay, what, what is, what is this payment idea that you have? Find, maybe. Find, I find out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Cool. And, and last thing. So one final piece of advice that you'd offer listeners. Split test. You know, I tell people I'm really, really good at digital marketing. I, I, I you know, I would even go so far as I say I'm a, I'm on the top one percent on the planet, mainly because I have money. I've spent a lot of money. You know, when, like when we were doing our dropshipping, we spent seven million dollars of our own money on ad spend. When you spend your own money that to that degree, you get really good at what's happening, what's going on, and 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 so I tell people you have to learn, figure out your customer journey. How do you increase conversions on every step of the customer journey? And you do it by split testing, A, B, split testing, A, B, split testing. And then, and then that's, the, that's the world's best advice, but that doesn't really work without this best advice. And that is, if you're not in a position to spend money to advertise and market, you, you probably shouldn't be in business. Like seriously, I'm one of these guys that believes he who can spend the most money on advertising wins. Like you have to be able to buy customers. You have to be able to spend money, convert in customers, and make that ad spend profitable. The minute you can create a product or funnel, a customer journey that's profitable with ad spend, it's over. You win. So, but once you get that, you have to split test. And if you can't track it, you can't optimize it. So those two pieces of advice, I think anybody can win in the online digital marketing world. 
Awesome. Yeah, really cool. Cool. Thanks so much, Greg. How can people yeah, work? It's simple. Launchcart.com. Just like you're launching a rocket ship and you're uh, you're at the sh- using a shopping cart. Launchcart.com. And then my name is kind of spelled unique. It's W-R-I-T-E-R, like an author. Uh, so I'm at Greg Ryder on Twitter, or, you know, and Instagram and Facebook. And I'm pr- I've been I've been online since 1997, so I'm pretty easy to find with just using my name. Yeah. Awesome. Thank All right. Thanks so much. Once you've got the essentials in place and you're driving traffic to your site, the next step is optimization. Not necessarily complex A-B testing that we do with, with CRO. You could just test your upsells. I use them with pretty much every client we have at Customers A Click, and it always bumps up the average order value. The key is to make sure that what you're offering is relevant. You can upsell to a better version of the product they were looking at buying. You can cross-sell some you know, paper or ink for a printer, for example. But what doesn't really work is when you just stick other hero products in front of your customer. You know when you get those recommended products on the cart page and it's literally just a random selection of their key products. It's not what's what they're there for and it's unlikely to work. If you'd like to hear more from Greg, you can find him on LinkedIn or head over to launchcart.com. Any other podcast questions, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customersuclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Conrad Sanders joining me. We're going to be talking about copywriting and content marketing. But until then, keep those customers clicking. Thank you.